Hello and welcome to the Faculty Podcast, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this episode, John Fischetti, the University of Newcastle, Australia, discusses a new school paradigm, one in which schools will no longer be places young people go to watch their teachers work, but learning centres, with student engagement at the forefront and personalised approaches focusing the instruction on the needs of the learner. One of my mottos or mantras is that for too long, schools have been places that young people go to watch their teachers work. And I think that for many of us in schooling, that was the experience we had. We were supposed to get ready for school, and in doing so, there's a lot of compliance, there's a lot of rules, there's a a lot of passiveness and disengagement involved in that process. Almost your individual uniqueness and your passions get parked at the door. We're going to teach you how to put your hand up the right way, and please be quiet and take notes, and there's going to be an examination. Now, Many of us have exceptions to that, and a lot of us have had brilliant careers anyway, but most of the traditional approaches in the Western world, the UK, US, Australia, and elsewhere, have really been in that passive mode of what I call old school. The new school paradigm is really one which is as close to the opposite side of the spectrum as I could envision, and that is instead of the the student getting ready for the school, the school gets ready for the student, that it's really designed around passion and the individual needs of each learner, and that the opportunities that are available are to expand and create opportunity for kids regardless of their backgrounds, as opposed to the assumptions that we're going to use assessment systems that are going to sort people out and end up being coming back predicting almost performance by postcode. So old school is teaching by rote memory, regurgitation, and assessment that sorts, and new school is about passion and personalization and assessment that empowers, creates opportunity, and doesn't assume based on prior uh, background, parent background, socioeconomic status, ethnicity, that we know your ability because we're going to help you create and invent it. So where we're heading in education and some of the new emerging technologies allow us to do that is to this different future of a real individualized, personalized learning process. The way in which education has mostly been constructed, and I realize there's exceptions for many of the listeners out there who will say it wasn't that for them, but for most of us, has been that the assumption was about one-third would do really well in school. They got the gold ticket to university, you know, or bypassing some of the hoops because of how they did on examinations. Maybe one-third did okay, and then another third possibly wouldn't even finish school successfully. And the assumption was the marketplace for jobs, professional careers, was that's about right. Um, in the world we're in today with the automation, innovation, the AI, and the amazing aspects of what's happening with robotization of so many of the things that people used to do, there's almost nothing to do on the planet if you are under or uneducated as we go into the next 20 years that would provide an intellectual, vibrantly sort of job future or um, just a personally fulfilling sense of belonging or, or well-being. Not that everything in education is about job readiness, but if you think about what are you going to do when we don't need taxi drivers? What are you going to do when you don't need anybody working in the supermarket? There are already supermarkets all around the U.K., the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, where nobody's working there. <laughs> it's just all automated. And you know where this is all going is just more of those servant-type smart bots and opportunities for technology to take over. So in that 
learning for some, it actually was probably what the market needed, even though that was a loss of human capacity. Maybe bad systems were used, bad assessment systems were used. In the learning for all, we really need everyone to figure out what their niche is, and education and particularly schooling should empower them to get there. We really can't lose anyone or, or afford economically, socially, morally to allow anyone not to figure out their capacity and just go for it. Because it's going to be the innovation of the mind rather than the mind and the old coal mine sense that's going to be the opportunities. And that means it's going to look different for everybody and not everybody's going to have equal in, the, in their abilities in every area. But it does mean our goal would be for everyone to find that passion and help deliver on that so they can have a great life. So education for all involves not making assumptions based on a parent's education or any of the assumptions that come that schools now make about uh, traditional testing. It's more about finding students' potential, helping them reach it, and then seeing if they can't go forward and, you know, find and discover their niches in the, in the world. So education for all is our goal. It's a very high and, and lofty goal, just as the sustainable development goals are from the U.N., we should end poverty. We should have gender equity. We should have climate that we can actually breathe in um, and live in. So we shouldn't be accepting any student that doesn't find that success in a schooling system. That puts a lot of pressure on the current understanding of what a teacher does and what a school is about and the responsibilities of parents. Because in the past system, we allowed a pretty clunky sense of failure to be acceptable. And now the answer is, is everybody should be successful. So different roles for principals and teachers for that different kind of school that we're trying to create. I believe that most of teacher education, at least in the Western world, and I could argue in many of the countries that are very successful in traditional education like China, are really good at preparing teachers for the, to prepare their kids for the past. So I think most of our teacher ed programs are doing a really good job of placing students in schools that look just like they did when I was in school in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, I think the schools do a really good job of compliance and rules and passivity. I'm not sure they do a really good job of preparing teachers for where we're heading that we just spoke about a couple minutes ago. So I think the, the different kind of teacher for a different kind of school is the opportunity to think very differently about what would a teacher education program look like if we were preparing students for the kind of schools we'd like, not the ones we've inherited? And in so, we've created a set of frameworks that ask teacher education to challenge itself. Uh, I'm not sure we all do the best job in using the knowledge base about how children learn. There's an amazing neuroscience and other discipline based in the learning sciences that allow us to know that the way in which the first thousand days of life are so prominent and we've got to get that early childhood phase right. What happens at the brain in the transition between the early childhood age and the beginning of formal schooling? What happens at puberty when the brain prunes itself and loses what hasn't been practiced a lot in the early years? What happens with toxic stress and any trauma that anybody might have been through and how that affects every aspect of our core of our humanity as well as the part of our sense that's a learner. And could we build a framework that includes that as a core and where children are living in communities and societies and cultures and honor the diversity of where kids come from? So we start with these questions of where do kids live and let's visit those communities and let's understand culture and society and ethnicity. And how do they learn? And then the opportunity for what 
happens in a school, what is and was or should be a school, uh, because that's schooling is just one form of lifelong education. We tend to think of them as synonyms, and they're really not. But if you're going to do something in a place called school, what should they learn in that place as opposed to what they learn on their own or what they learn in their families or what they learn doing their club sports or anything else? And what's this notion of equity? Um, a lot of foundational stuff in teacher education teaches history and very important sociology, but really it's getting down to equity. How do we diversify and expand opportunity and overcome injustice, which is the role of teachers as profoundly as change agents to improve society? And then your role as a leader in all of that and your reflective ability to understand that it's a lifelong journey to be a great teacher. So in those areas, we've asked questions and asked teacher education to sort of challenge itself that we are actually updated and upgrading the content of what we do, the process that we do, and also the direction we're aiming as more and more schools adopt very, some would say, future-focused or progressive ideas that actually honor the ideas of John Dewey, Paula Friere, Maria Montessori, um, Reggio Emilia, the, the amazingly progressive models of education and think, thinkers who have really tried to create student-centered learning that not only gets kids learning what the society would say, that they need to know, but actually empowers them to have a great life. The major conclusions of the work are how the gravitational forces of the current regulators, and that term might be fuzzy to some, but the regulators are those in each state or province or country who hold on to the status quo kind of of what it takes to become a teacher. Many of them have been bypassed by programs that are all around the world that teach for America, teach for Australia. There's numbers of those around the UK and Europe and uh, around the world that are finding bypassing of those processes. But the traditional process of becoming a teacher is held on to bureaucratic regulations that have added bolted-on requirements that make a teaching a very over-regulated profession to the point of discouraging a lot of people from coming in. You know, there's a hundred hoops and a lot of bureaucratic forms and a lot of those designed to make sure good people are coming to teaching and to get the right sequence of courses but have taken the imagination out of some of the things we've been just talking about, about trying to focus on how kids learn, where they come from, and what school might actually look like if we were trying to do it right. So in all of that, we've got to, to realize that any change to that is seen as disruptive. And our proposal is that we have an international lens at an international set of frameworks that'll, that ask and almost are the horizontal look at the silos that have been constructed in each individual province or country. So one example, algebra is pretty much algebra. But if you look at Tasmania or Tennessee, there's different standards for algebra. There's different curriculum for algebra. But most mathematicians would say, well, algebra could actually be internationalized. So could there be an international standard that's set up as it is in other disciplines in the world for if we're teaching this subject, here's not only the content, the pedagogy, the technologies, etc. Could we have an international end to try to cut across those silos that have developed that somehow algebra is different across the world? There's cultural, historical, and obviously philosophical differences in different regions, but pretty much most of the curriculum looks similar across the world. Even the standards look similar. Could we cut across those and break free and then allow teacher education programs to really honor the best knowledge base in the world. Because unlike other professions, the knowledge base is not driving the construction of teacher education. The rules and the regulators are. 
when our effort to try to do this, we realize there's a gravitational force of every political boundary creating their own set of the same exact things all over the world, almost not recognizing that the country just across the way or across the pond has done the same thing for no good reason except that's the way we've been doing it. And busting through that is a very challenging thing because education is so wired in to the roots of what politicians believe they're in control over. And because everyone went to school, they were an expert. Um, we haven't really had the traction that I might have envisioned early on to just having that conversation. So the big challenge is, are we ready to refine teacher ed for the future? Or are we glad that we're preparing students to go into teaching who are really prepared for passive students sitting in rows, raising their hands in a world where that model is actually obsolete? Mm -hmm.